Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your word. We thank you for sending Jesus Christ. Thank you for the peace that he brings, that he is, Father, that passes all understanding. We thank you for that peace that goes beyond, uh, beyond ourselves and beyond what we could produce and beyond... Uh, what a natural human could bring us, but that peace that passes all of our understanding. I pray right now, Father, that it would flood every heart and every mind that can hear this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, turn with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And uh, so we have a family service this morning, so we have all the kids in here, which is awesome. And, um, you know, if your parents don't want you to eat that stuff, uh, maybe you should you probably not be eating it in here anyhow because the school doesn't appreciate it. But um, uh, we're happy that you all are in here. And um, I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation uh, about the birth of Jesus. Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 1, and I'll read through verse 20. During those days, the Roman emperor, Caesar Augustus, ordered that the first census be taken throughout the empire. Quirius was the governor of Syria at the time. Everyone had to travel to his, to his or her own hometown to complete the mandatory census. So Joseph, with his fiancée Mary, left Nazareth, a village in Galilee, and journeyed to their hometown in Judea, to the village of Bethlehem, King David's ancient home. There they were required to register, since they were both direct descendants of David. Mary was pregnant and nearly ready to give birth. If you ever had a pregnant wife, you kind of maybe know what that could be like. Uh, when they're nearly ready to give birth, it can be uh, it's a joyous time, but it can be kind of an intense time. And, uh, you know, we just believe the best as husbands during that time. Mary went into labor. When they arrived in Bethlehem, Mary went into labor, and there she gave birth to her firstborn son. After wrapping the newborn baby in stripes of cloth, they laid him in a feeding trough, otherwise known as a manger, since there was no... Uh, available space in any upper room in the village. That night, in a field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching over their flocks. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them. I like, um, I think it's the King James says that the glory of the Lord shone round about them. In other words, you can just picture this, the glory of the Lord in, the, in the, the Word of God oftentimes is referred to as like a cloud, and a bright cloud, brighter than the noonday sun. And so you see these shepherds are out in their field, and all of a sudden they are surrounded on every side by the glory of the Lord. And um, you can imagine it got their attention. <laughs> and so verse 10 says, but the angel, uh, uh, verse 9, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared in the radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with the blazing glory of God. And the shepherds were terrified. But the angel reassured them, saying, Don't be afraid, for I have come to bring you good news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard. Good news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it is for everyone everywhere. So I, he said, he said uh, Don't be afraid. You know, you see this great light lit up the whole field, surrounded them. And I bring you the most joyous news the world has ever heard, and it is for everyone everywhere. The most joyous news is for everyone everywhere. 
So it's not limited even just to, to the Jewish shepherds that were there. This is for everyone everywhere. So when Christ came, he didn't just come for the Jews. He came for everyone everywhere. And it's good news, and it's joyous news. Uh, for today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord, Yahweh, the Messiah. You will recognize him by this miracle sign. You'll find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a feed trough. Then all at once a vast number of glorious angels appeared, the very armies of heaven, and they all praised God, singing, Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and good hope given to the sons of men. When the choir of angels disappeared back to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go, let us hurry to find this word that is born in Bethlehem, and see for ourselves what the Lord has revealed to us. So they ran into the village and found their way to Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in a feed trough. Upon seeing this miraculous sign, the shepherds recounted what had just happened. Everyone who had heard the shepherd's story was astonished by what they were told. But Mary treasured all these things in her heart and offered, often pondered what they meant. The shepherds returned to their flock ecstatic over what had happened. They praised God and glorified him for all they had heard and seen for themselves, just like the angel had said. Now go with me back up to verse 15. We're talking about uh, the most joyous news ever. Verse 15 says, When the choir of angels disappeared back to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go, let's hurry, and find this word that is born in Bethlehem. Have you ever read that in that translation? Let's go and find this word that is born in Bethlehem. And I saw that. And, uh, you know, King James, let me, let me turn over real quick um, and read it to you in the King James. Luke chapter 2, verse 15. And it came to pass, the angels were gone, excuse me, uh, and it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now even to Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And so uh, Passion says, let us Go, let's hurry to find this word that is born in Bethlehem and see for ourselves what the Lord has revealed to us. Now, you know, that word, so this thing, most translations say this thing. So they call Jesus this thing. Let's go see this thing, right? I think they didn't know, quite know how to translate it. Uh, it's actually the Greek word, anybody know it? Rhema. So there's two words for word in the Greek. One is logos and one is rhema. And this is the Greek word rhema. So they said, let's go and see this rhema. Well, what, is, what does rhema mean? The spoken word of God, very simply you could say the spoken word of God, which is a revelation. It's when uh, God makes something real to you. It's when you're studying the scriptures and all of a sudden uh, it, they come alive to you. You're like, whoa, what is that? That is the rhema of God that you get from the Logos. Because uh, John chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God, the Word. And so uh, the Holy Spirit will give you rhema. It'll, it'll give you like a spoken word. He'll give you a spoken word that you're like, this is, this is real. <clears throat> and so... Um, you know, when they, the, the angel said, uh, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. And you think, uh, 
Uh, what does that mean, and how can this be the most joyous day? Well, first of all, it's for all people everywhere. So it is the most joyous day because not just some people have been saved from their sins, have the opportunity to come and change their whole life, but all people everywhere. But it's the most joyous news that the world has ever heard. So literally, in, in, the, in the margin of the Bible that I was reading, the, the Passion Translation, it says, let us go see this manifestation in the Aramaic text. It calls the, the rhema the manifestation. Or literally, uh, the Greek says rhema, which is the spoken word. So they said, let us go see this. So let's talk about rhema for just a second. And uh, Matthew 4.4, 4, Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So this is what Jesus said when he was tempted of the devil in the wilderness. His first temptation was to turn the bread into stones. And his response was to speak the word of God. And actually, in his speaking of the word, he was creating rhema. He said, man shall not live by uh, bread alone, but by every rhema that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Well, by him saying that, that, that's like, uh, you know, the word, of the, uh, the word of God is the sword of the Spirit. That literally says the rhema of God is the sword of the Spirit. In Ephesians, we're talking about, you know, the, your, your battle warfare. So Jesus is in a battle with the enemy, and he speaks rhema to the enemy, and it cuts him off right away. So you got the devil talking to you, you got thoughts, your own thoughts going crazy, you got to speak rhema to it. You, you got to take the word and you speak it. It becomes the spoken word. And you speak those things that the Lord um, has revealed to you, has uh, made real to you. Somebody said, a rhema is a verse or portion of scripture that the Holy Spirit brings to your attention uh, with application to this current situation that you're in for what you need. Romans 10, 17, I quote it all the time. I love Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God or by the rhema of God. So the first hearing is like you just heard, you know, my voice speaking. But the second hearing is you heard with your heart. It's attentively listening. You're like you're honing in on, okay, what is he saying? So that's how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and attentively listening to what the Holy Spirit is showing you, revealing to you, or speaking to you. And here's, here's the great freedom. The Word and the Spirit agree. So some people say, like, well, the Holy Spirit told me this. The Holy Spirit told me to do this. It's the most unscriptural thing in the world. Well, you know immediately the Holy Spirit did not tell them to do that because that's impossible. The Holy Spirit cannot tell you to do something that is contrary to Scripture. He will not do that. And so uh, it's a great freedom because you know uh, when the Holy Spirit says something to you, he makes it real to you, there is faith present. Now, uh, faith can change the situation, but faith might not change the situation. Remember the man that looked at Peter? Or Peter looked at the man, rather, and saw he had faith to be healed, but he was still crippled. So he had faith to be healed, but he wasn't healed. In other words, we call it the manifestation. In other words, you didn't see it in his body. You, didn't, you saw a crippledness in his body. You didn't see freedom in his body. He wasn't loosed from his bonds of uh, par paralysis. Um, so what did he need? 
he needed to just actually release what that faith that he had stirring in him. And you release your faith really two ways, by saying and doing. So Peter said to him, stand upright on your feet. And so it says, actually, it doesn't even say he stood up. It said he leaped up and jumped and danced. Why? Because the paralyzed man is no longer paralyzed. That is some great joy uh, because it's to all people. It's not just for him in the Bible. It's not just for 2,000, however many years ago that was. Uh, that's for today. And so when the Spirit of God makes the word real to you, that's when you act. And you act contrary to what you feel or what it seems like. And the reason you can do that is not because you're amazing at all. And it's not because you've studied it and you've learned it. No, the reason you can do it and have great peace in the middle of the battle is because you have heard from God. It is settled. So Jesus, in the middle of this, you know, he'd been 40 days not eating anything. And, you know, he had the power to turn the stones into bread. Because otherwise it would not have been a temptation. In Matthew chapter 4. Like, you know, if I said to my daughter, Evie, she's really hungry. And I said, why don't you just turn those stones into bread? That's not really a temptation for her. She would be like, Daddy, what are you talking about? But Jesus could turn the stones into bread. And so the devil said, why don't you just turn these into bread? You know, he was tempted to do the supernatural apart from the leading of the Lord. Something actually that would gratify his own flesh, even though he needed to eat. And Jesus' response was, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That immediately shut that attack down from the enemy. You speak the word. It's the sword of the Spirit. All right. Uh, Romans 10, 17, we did that. Uh, Ephesians 6, 17, in the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the rhema of God. Husbands, love your wives. This is Ephesians chapter 5. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word or by the rhema. If you abide in me, this is John 15, 7, and my rhemas abide in you or my word abides in you, you'll ask what you will and it'll be done. If you abide in me and my rhema abides in you. Um, Luke chapter 5, verse 5. When Jesus told Peter to cast the fishing nets on the other side of the boat, Peter answered, Master, we've worked all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, we will let down the net. At your rhema, we'll let down the net. In other words, when he spoke to them, let down the net, it wasn't just mouthing words. They were real to them. It was a rhema to them, you could say. All right, Luke chapter 1, verse 38. When the angel told Mary that she would have a child... Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy rhema, or thy word. Be it unto me according to your rhema. In other words, according to uh, what has spoken and been made real in my heart. Luke 2.29, Simon answer, uh, recalled the promise that he would see Christ before he died. 
Now let your servant depart in peace. This is, of course, right, right after he'd seen the baby, Jesus. Uh, now let your servant depart in peace according to your rhema. According to your spoken word. According to this manifestation. And then uh, Luke chapter 3, verse 2. God gave John the message that he was to preach as a forerunner of Christ. And Luke chapter 3, 2 says, The word of God came to John, or the rhema of God came to John. Well, there's just two more here. Let's do it. Then uh, this is Acts eleven sixteen. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, or the rhema of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost. And finally, uh, Matthew 26, 75, Jesus told Peter he would deny him. Peter remembered the word, the rhema of Jesus, which said to him, before the cock crow, you will deny me three times. He remembered the rhema of Jesus. That's not my favorite rhema. Because like sometimes the Lord will speak to you and say like, okay, this is going to happen, but this is not the best, right? He's like, you're going to deny me three times. He remembered that rhema. He remembered that was the Lord. That was the voice of the Lord. And so when you read the word of God and you look from your heart, uh, you can't read the Logos, which is the written word of God, the declared word of God, and look to the Holy Spirit of God when you're born again, but what he will speak to you. You meditate in his word day and night like Joshua did, then you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. And the, the rhema of God will come to you. And so why is this good news of great joy? Well, it's one of the reasons it's good news of great joy, which shall be to all people, is because it is a joy to sit back and rest on the goodness of God and the promises of God, and you don't have to, like, have a bunch of pressure. Some people say, like, well, what about this, and what if this doesn't happen? What if this does happen? You know, I don't live under pressure like that. I mean, the pressure that I live under when I live under pressure is pressure I put on myself, not pressure that the Lord puts on me. And you should never live under the pressure. You cast your cares on the Lord because he cares for you. Uh, uh, you know, Amplified says, about you watchfully and for you affectionately. So he cares about you and he cares for you. But he can't do anything for you if you're going to stay full of worry, full of fret, full of anxiety. Well, how do you, how do you bust through that? Well, I bring you good tidings of great joy. You know, we're going to go see this manifestation or this word. We're going to go see this revelation of God. And so the shepherds went to see the revelation of God, which was Jesus. And when you come and see Jesus, that changes everything. So that you're no longer um, dominated by everything else that people try to put in front of your eyes. Good meaning people. Sometimes the devil himself puts things in front of your eyes to try to distract you, try to hold you back, and try to dominate you. But when you hear from God, you have total freedom. That's why it's great joy, because you can hear from God. Mankind can hear from God and can see God. And so it's first announced to the shepherds uh, who weren't like the dignitaries of the day. You know, they're out in the field. And Jesus is not coming on a throne like that. He came uh, in a manger, in a feed trough, like Passion's, Passion Translation 
translation uh, said it or translated it. He came in a feed trough. And so there is such a joy and such a rest um, in faith. There is a joy and there is a rest in trusting God and in believing God. It is such a joy. And if it is not a joy for you, you're not doing it. Let me, let me read a verse to you. Philippians chapter 1, verse 25. I'm going to read in the Amplified Translation. Philippians 1, 25. I'll give them time to get it up. I'll read King James first. And having this confidence, I know that I will abide and continue with you all for, the furtherance, for your furtherance and joy of faith. Amplified says, since I am convinced of this, I know that I will remain and stay by you all to promote your progress, and listen to this, and joy in believing. I'll pr- promote your progress and your joy in believing. This is the word of God. This is true. Let God be true and every man a liar. So if you don't have joy in believing, you're not believing. All right, let's, let, let me give you a few other scriptures. Um, in the mouth of two or three or maybe seven witnesses shall everything be established. <laughs> Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. 2 Corinthians 1.24. We are helpers of your joy, for by faith you stand. You have joy in believing, right? Colossians 1.11, strengthen with all might, you know this prayer, according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. 1 Peter 1.8, we having seen him, uh, without having seen him, you love him. Faith is in the unseen, right? I'm, I'm, I'm adding there. Faith is in the unseen. Uh, without having seen him, you love him. Though you don't even see him now, you believe in him and exalt and thrill with inexpressible and glorious, triumphant, heavenly joy. It's amplified, of course. Uh, Passion Translation says, You love him passionately, although you did not see him, but through believing him, you are saturated with an ecstatic, indescribably sublime, and immersed in, uh, in glory. For you are reaping the harvest of your faith, the full salvation promised you, your soul's victory. So there is joy in believing. And if you're not believing, then you don't have joy. Or if you think that you're believing and you don't have joy, I'm here to declare to you you're not believing. Why? Why is there joy in believing? Because believing comes from a rhema which comes from God. So like, you know, man, I've been uh, in what they term the faith camp for about 20 years or something like that you know so uh that's not real long to some people and that's maybe a really long time to other people and uh like to cavemen that's like a really really long time 20 years i'm 44 i'm probably really old to you (laughs) and so (laughs) i remember when i was a kid and my parents turned i remember their 40th birthday and i thought they are oh and the problem is, when I became 40, I thought, I am not that old. But, but I could recall how old 
my parents were when they were 40. And I thought, wow, times have changed because 40-year-old people are 40 year old people are so young now. <laughs> but through the years, through the years, you run across different things. You don't even have to be really that smart, but you just kind of see different things and, and notice different things. And, um, you know, you know, like somebody's like really intense and like, what are you doing? I am believing. I'm, I'm, I'm really believing. And then they, they're kind of like upset. I remember Brother Hagin would tell the story about this guy that he, he'd uh, love to sing his favorite song in church. And his favorite song had a line in it that said, you know, got any mountains you think are uh, too tall? Got any rivers you, can't, you think are uncrossable? Any mountains you can't tunnel through? Our God specializes in things thought impossible. Uh, he can do things that no man could do, right? And he said then one day, because uh, he would counsel with the family at different times, he said the wife uh, told him in one of the times they were meeting together, the whole family was meeting together there, the husband and wife, that uh, they were driving, and she said, uh, away from church after they just sang his favorite song, and they're driving away from the church, and she said, honey, Johnny needs a new pair of shoes. And she said, she said he just went, do you think I'm made out of money? What do you think? Where are we going to get that money? How can we do that? Right? So in other words, in church, he was, oh, I will tunnel, God will tunnel through a mountain, you know, cross a, cross a river you can't even cross. You get across the river with God. And, uh, you know, Brother Hagin would always say he stumbled over a little boy's shoes. But it's so true sometimes uh, that you don't see yourself the way you really are. That's why I love Psalm, Psalm chapter 19, you know, uh, Test me, try me, see if there be any wicked way in me. In other words, you reveal to me uh, the reality uh, of who I am. If you're born again, there's no wicked way in your spirit, but you may, like, be walking in wicked ways of your flesh. You're, you're yielding to things that you're, uh, you have no business doing, and then that's where the most frustrated believers come from because uh, your spirit's not content with to, for you to act that way because you've been recreated in Christ Jesus unto good works that you should walk in them. And when you walk in them, there is such a joy. And so when you're believing, the joy of faith is that God is awesome and has done mighty things for you. And all you have to do is trust him. That we are the believers and he is the performer. We don't have to try to make anything happen. He's already made it happen. We just have to believe that that's true and receive it. Jesus said nothing This is one of the most amazing statements, that nothing shall be impossible to him that believeth. Nothing is impossible to him that believeth. Nothing is impossible to him that believeth. That's good news. Like, if you can believe, all things are possible. If you can believe. Well, he's talking about what kind of belief there. Belief in God. Right? It all boils down really to belief in God. That's why I love Mark eleven twenty two. You see it on the website, different places. Jesus said, have faith in God. What They just saw this miracle where he uh, cursed the fig tree and it dried up from the roots. And they're marveling, thinking about this. And Jesus knows their thoughts. And he said, oh, have faith in God. Right? So if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. So your belief will free you from a thousand curses. Your belief will free you from a thousand evil thoughts. Your belief will free you from a thousand diseases. But your belief comes from what God said, from the Word of God. So then faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. 
Faith is the noun. Belief is the verb. So you can have joy because all you have to do is hear from God. And somebody said, well, but does God still speak? Well, first of all, yes, he does. But second of all, he speaks right here in his word. If you just look at it and then you look to him from your heart because faith is of the heart. With the heart man believes, with the mouth confessions made unto, but is with your heart you believe. Does everybody have a heart in here? I'm not talking about your, you know, your physical organ that's pumping blood. No, the center of your being, who you really are. And whether you realize it or not, you have a heart. There's a saying in the world that kind of goes like, follow your heart. Uh, that's not what the Bible's talking about. Because they're, they're really saying like your emotions and all this type of stuff. That's today's culture. Maybe like 20 years ago it wasn't that way, but it is today. So the heart is the center of your being. It's the real you. You are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. But faith comes by hearing what God has said. And there is such freedom and such joy in hearing that. Why? Well, because if you go to the doctor and you have problems in your body, you're going to hear a lot of things that describe the condition that they are able to diagnose based on the wonderful technology that we have that the Lord has blessed and graced mankind with, uh, you know, x-rays and CAT scans and blood tests and everything else like that. You, you know, you can put it under a microscope and you can actually see diseases. You can see different things. So they're going to tell you to the best of their ability, and their ability gets better all the time. What is going on with your body? And then they're going to try to figure out how to fix your body. Like, okay, well, maybe we can cut that out. Or maybe we can, like, uh, radiate that. And, you know, you might have some other stuff die. Uh, but it, maybe we can kill this cancer. Maybe we can kill this or kill that. Right? So we're, not a, we're thankful that what, for what the doctors do. But really, you're not limited to the doctors. You're not limited to their diagnosis unless you can't believe. And then you're limited to their diagnosis. How can you believe? Remember the one guy that said to Jesus, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. In other words, there is belief and there is unbelief. Well, where belief comes from is hearing what God said about your situation today at this moment. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This is how you can believe beyond the moment. Just your faith in Jesus Christ. What do you do? Do you see Jesus? Have you ever seen him? Even if somebody had a vision of Jesus, that's a vision. There's nobody alive on the earth today that's actually touched the physical body of Jesus. Yet you believe in him. Whom having not seen, you believe. Why? Well, because faith comes by hearing the word of God. You heard the gospel of Jesus, the good news of Jesus, that Jesus, God came in the flesh. What we're talking about today, Emmanuel, God with us. The miracle that he came in the Virgin Mary, not of the seed of man, but of the seed of the Holy Spirit, and was born and lived a perfect, sinless life as a man. 
Colossians said he laid aside all of his power and glory, his mighty power and glory, one translation says, and became as a mere man. So what he did, he did as one of us. To set us free from all of the sin, from all of the sickness, from all of the poverty, ever the curse in all its forms, so that it would not dominate us any longer. And then, uh, you know, the Bible says uh, in uh, Psalm 34, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all of their destructions. He sent his word and set us free. So if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. So let me, let me make it real practical. So if you have a situation uh, in your life and you're saying, well, like, this is not a joy. The, the, I'm kind of mad at God, or I'm kind of upset about this, and I'm, I'm really discouraged, I'm really frustrated. Well, that's number one indication. You have not heard the word on that. Well, you might sit there and say, well, no, Pastor, I've heard the word. I, I can quote the scriptures to you. You can quote the scriptures for the next hour if you want. And all those scriptures that you quote, you could quote them word for word. In multiple translations. You could even quote them in Jeremy's translation, the Passion Translation. You could passionately quote them. That doesn't mean a hill of beans. That does not mean that you've ever heard them. Are you hearing me? I like the illustration. Maybe Melody likes it too. Melody and I are driving in the car. And uh, she starts pouring her heart out to me. Which she doesn't do a lot, but sometimes she does. You know, and uh, so she'll... uh, She'd be saying this, and I'm driving all of a sudden. I'm like, and she'd say, honey, what do you think? What do you think about that? And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Um, which part of that? <laughs> Trying to get her just to repeat a little something so I can see, like, okay, can I jog it from, like, my mental memory so I can go back and, like, receive it heartfelt? So I've done that to you, and I don't normally tell that part. Uh, so I'm, like, trying to figure it out because what I'm trying to dig myself out of this hole because I know, like, if this is, like, really important to her and I just, like, blew it off, basically, it's not a good situation for a happy marriage. <laughs> and so, but she's very gracious. So I'll say, Melody, I, I apologize. I am so sorry. I, I didn't listen to anything you just said. I had like the faith comes by hearing the first hearing part, but not the attentively listening part, which is the second one. I just, I just like in one ear, out the other. I'm thinking about well, who knows what I'm thinking about. And so you might be able to quote the word of God. You might be able to find the scriptures. But you know, like, have you ever done this? How many of you know to be a healthy Christian, you should... Read the Bible and pray every day. You know that. No, not most people don't know that. Okay, so be a healthy Christian. I know you know it. You're just not raising your hand. Maybe you're cold. Okay. There's a little song that says, read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. Right? It's a kid's song. So. But you know, now don't raise your hand for this. Be like Sharon, just like you're cold. So, so you'd like, ever read the scripture one morning 
and like you're in, a, you're in a rush and you're in a hurry, so you're like, okay, to give knowledge of salvation to all people by the remission of sins. Thank you, Lord, for this scripture. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I did not attentively listen to that scripture that I just read. Uh, I kind of glazed over it. Uh, the word of God talks about in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 and 21, also uh, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Uh, you know, Joshua 1, 8 is really good. This book of the law or the word of God should not depart out of your mouth, but you should meditate in it day and night, for then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. I think I misquoted that. I got part of it right, but I missed part of it. I'm going to read it real quick and we'll finish with this part. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you should meditate therein day and night. <clears throat> now, see, the way I knew that I missed that is in my spirit, I was notified. That is not all of that. You are missing that. Right? So then I responded to that. But I could just ignore that and then leave it out. And then I would be worse off for it and you would be worse off for it. So like I kind of like, we talked a little bit last week about some of those things, is um, the voice of the Lord is not in the thunder and in the lightning and like this audible thing. Some people have heard it audible, but that's very rare, spectacular. People miss the supernatural because they're looking for the spectacular. They're like, well, you know, my own children, teaching my own children how to follow the voice of the Lord. A lot of times, or not a lot of times, but sometimes they'll say, Daddy. Am I embarrassing you? They'll say, Daddy, I don't know if the Lord speaks to me. And then other times they'll be like, well, the Lord really spoke to me. And I'm thinking, you just said this like yesterday. The Lord really spoke to me. Now you're saying like, I don't know if the Lord speaks to me. So then you just go back and you re-instruct them and you say, okay, are you listening for the Lord to speak like Daddy's speaking? Like get up and clean your room? Right? Take out the trash. You look lovely today. I don't ever say that. You look nice today. Right? Are you listening for that? Or are you listening with your, with your heart from your spirit? And so then you teach them just for five minutes or something like that. And they're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what? And then they'll start doing what? You know what? The Lord led me to say this or to do this. And, you know, I started to go this way and I knew I wasn't supposed to do this. Why? Well, because sometimes... We miss what the Lord's saying because we're so used to, uh, you know, things being just shoved in our face. Like if you listen, I don't pay for the YouTube, you know, like um, the non-ad version of YouTube. And so um, they're doing everything they can to get me to pay for it. Because now like in the middle of a worship song, when I'm playing a worship song, an ad comes up in the middle of worship. And I'm like, this is horrible. But you know, I used to do broadcast stuff. So you know what they do with the ads is they take the volume and they raise it up. Because they know they don't want you to tune out. They don't want you to be in the kitchen and not hear it. Do all this type of stuff. Well, the Lord doesn't do that. He comes as a still, small voice. And if you get too busy and you look, overlook all these other things, he could be right there waiting for you to look to him. And he won't say a thing until you yield to him, until you look to him. The Old Testament says, be still and know that I am God. 
in the stillness, the Lord speaks. And it's really in the Selah. You know, Psalms, it says Selah, Selah, Selah. It kind of means like pause a moment and reflect on that. And so, anyhow, that's how we got back to this verse to actually reading it. This book of the law will not depart, should not depart out of your mouth, but you should meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to what is written therein, for then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. That you may, see, what I missed was that you may observe to do. And James said, if you're just a hearer and not a doer of the word, you're being deceived, and you're the ones that's deceiving yourself. So you say, like, I've heard this. I know that. I know that scripture. I know First uh, Peter 2.24 says, by whose stripes you were healed. And so I even say then, by whose stripes I was healed. But, you know, I could quote that, and I could read that, and I could listen to that, and not open my heart to that. Because faith is of the heart. And so if I don't open my heart to what God is saying, faith will never enter my heart concerning that, because faith comes from hearing. And maybe I hear it in my head, but it's not real to me. It's just like, oh, well, well, how come this works for this one? How come this works for this one? When you really believe God, when you hear the word of God, it sets you free. You're not struggling any longer. I have a friend who wrote a book about healing, and the title is, The Struggle is Over. In other words, you're not struggling to get healed. If you're struggling to get healed, you're hoping that you'll be healed. You are not believing. If it's a struggle, you're not believing. Because there is great joy. Uh, somebody's like, I don't believe in God. No, no, it's like, glory to God. Something good's going to happen to me today. Thank God. Look what he said. You ever had, like when you get a revelation from God? Like, in other words, the Lord shows something to you? You ever tried to show it to somebody else that doesn't have the same revelation? You're like, no, 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 look. It says, whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Like, whosoever, anybody. Or maybe I should use like Mark 11, 23 and 24. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And doesn't doubt, but believes what he says will come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. Isn't that great? We can have whatever we say. And the person's looking at you like, hmm, that's real awesome. Sometimes I'm reading the word, and I'll read it. And I don't have a revelation of it. And then all of a sudden, the light bulb comes on. And I'll say the exact same thing. I'll just quote the scripture just like I did before, but now it has life in it, and before it was just words. You know, it, it comes alive. Some people say it's like I'm reading it, and it like leapt off the page to me. In other words, their attention was drawn to it. That is the Spirit of God ministering to you and showing you, and he will do that for every single believer. And if you don't think he's doing that for you, and you are a believer, he's right there waiting to do that. You're just looking to the flesh or the mind instead of your heart. Because no matter how young or how old you are, the Spirit of God 
has a tailored message for you. He's not changing the word. I don't mean that by tailoring it. But I mean he'll speak in your language so that you can understand what he's saying. He's a perfect gentleman. He will not force himself on you. The devil, he is a perfect ungentleman. Or an imperfect gentleman. He's not a gentleman at all. In other words, he will force you. He'll pressure you. And he, he plants questions in your mind. But when you have the assurance that only God can give, it, his words are words of peace. It actually says that they were led forth by peace. So when he speaks, his words are full of peace. And you can testify to that yourself. You can say, yeah, that's, that's true. When he's spoken to me, it's full of peace. You ever had like the Lord speak to you like a mother with four children trying to get them ready and they're 30 minutes late? No, the Lord doesn't speak to me that way. Hurry up, hurry up, come on, come on, come on. Go, 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 grab it, grab your stuff. Grab it. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. I love you. I'm just using you for an illustration. Maybe, I'm not saying I know a woman like that. I've just heard of one. Right? Do you want to come and say something? <clears throat> but you understand, like, the Lord's never in a frenzy. Like, the Lord's never surprised at your situation. You're surprised at your situation sometimes. And you're full of worry and concern and stressed about it. He's not. And you'll notice those that believe have entered into rest. Hebrews chapter 4. Faith is a rest. Faith is a joy. And faith is peace. Thank God. So, therefore, faith is freedom. So you're not ruled by all these other things. You're free. So the angel came and declared to the shepherds in the field, like, they're just like minding their own business, trying to take care of the sheep, trying to protect the sheep. And all of a sudden, they're surrounded in a bright light. So like, they're probably like this. And then all of a sudden, they kind of see through. And they see the angel. And they are terrified. And he said, fear not. I'm telling you about good things. That is like excessively joyful. Because there has been born this day a Savior of all people who is Christ the Lord. Stand with me if you would. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for sending Jesus to set us free, to bring us near to you, actually to just to make us your family. Father, we thank you that we are in your family. Father, I pray if there's any here this morning that are not part of your family yet, haven't received what Jesus has done, what you've done for them through Jesus, I pray, Father, that you'll uh, help them this morning to respond to what you have made available to them. In the name of your son, Jesus, I pray with every head bowed still, every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it is not automatic. God is a good God. All of his ways are good. And he loves every person on the face of the earth. And his will 
the word of God tells us is that not one would perish, that not one would die and go to hell and not spend eternity in heaven with God. That is the will of God, but that is not automatic. The word says, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to be the children of God. You can do good things every day from the time you're a little kid till uh, the time you're 85, 90 years old, 100 years old. And if you do good things every day and you help people every day, that does nothing for your status with God. It does not get you to heaven. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through Jesus. It's not what you do that gets you there. It's not what you do that keeps you out of there. It's whose you are, who you have received. As many as received Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior, they inherit the kingdom of God. They become children of God. If you'd like to receive Jesus this morning, be the best day of your life. It's just like in an instant, your life will be changed. You'll have a new spirit. You'll be brand new on the inside. The real you. Uh, the, the person that you really are will completely change. Slip up your hand if you'd like to receive Jesus, if you'd like me to pray with you or for you, if you'd like to receive the Lord. If you're online, you'd like to receive Jesus today, please info, uh, email us at info at anchordc.org. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you. If you confess Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's with the heart that you believe and with the mouth uh, that you confess your belief unto your salvation. Number two, if you're here this morning and you were walking for the, living for the Lord, walking with the Lord, but you, you walked away, you, you went a different path, and you feel in your heart um, that you need to come back. Proverbs 14.4 says that the backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways. Maybe you've just been filled with your own ways. You let your own ways take the place of the way of God and the truth of God, and you, you're what the Bible calls a backslider, and you want to come back this morning. You can come back. Slip up your hand. I want to pray for you. Hallelujah. You can come back. Don't believe the lie. If that's you, don't believe the lie, because the devil will deceive you. He's full of deceit. And he makes it seem like you've done things that are too bad, you're too far away, you're too uh, not near the Lord. And he's just doing that to try to keep you under his grip. In, a, in an instant, you come to God and everything changes. It's all what God has done. It's just you letting him work in your life. If that's you, slip up your hand. I want to pray for you. And number three, if you've never been filled with the Spirit, uh, you could be filled with the Spirit. Jesus talked about uh, when he, right before he ascended, he said, wait, before you go out, wait till you be filled with power from on high. And he was speaking of the Holy Spirit. So uh, you may be born again, but maybe you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Bible talks about it's an experience after salvation. Some people are filled with the Spirit, like immediately afterwards, and some people as many years. Uh, you know, but you can be filled immediately afterwards. My wife was filled, born again, filled immediately afterwards because she was taught and she knew it, so she had faith to operate in it. Well, for me, it was many years afterwards because I never heard of it in, in that way. So praise the Lord. If you'd like to be filled with the Spirit, slip up your hand. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We, we do have joy in believing. 
Father, thank you that we can be full of joy when uh, our, our flesh says something different, when our mind may uh, have contrary things, even when the devil himself tries to deceive us and tries to uh, push us out of your blessings and out of your benefits and out of your favor. I thank you, Father, that when we live in Christ, he has no power over us. He has no power over our bodies, no power over our minds. We don't yield to him. We yield to you, Father. We thank you. Thank you that you give us joy in believing. Thank you for sending Jesus. I pray, Father, for every person that can hear this. Father, that as we worship you on Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, this whole Christmas season, Father, that you'll help us to be quick to hear and slow to speak. That you'll help us to tune in to your voice on the inside. And drown out all the other uh, competing voices that we're able to be a mouthpiece for you, that we can show your love, your patience, your kindness, your gentleness, your self-control. Father, that all of the wonderful attributes of your character would be seen in us. We thank you for your hand of protection, that you surround us like a shield all around us. I declare over those that are traveling that no accident will overtake them. No evil will befall them in the name of Jesus. And Jesus. We thank you, Father, for healthy bodies. Sickness and disease have no place in us or among us. We thank you that you have set us free. Father, we thank you for your precious Holy Spirit who picks us up when we fall down, who strengthens us when we feel weak, Father, I pray that you'll give us words to speak, to set our path in the right direction, that we can declare your word before our steps so that we have light and we know where to go, so that we have freedom when bondage tries to come. Father, I thank you that we have authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing will in any ways harm us. Thank you for your protection upon us, that we are the head and not the tail that we are above and not beneath, that we're not left comfortless or alone, but you sent us your spirit not only to comfort us, but to strengthen us and to embolden us. Hallelujah. Father, I pray. I pray for those right now that have a heavy heart, those that are confused. Father, I pray that your word would gain entrance into their hearts, that the light that you give that drives out darkness would find place with deep within them. I pray, Father, that you'll give every one of us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and understanding so we can acknowledge you in all of our ways, that we can know you intimately. Father, that you would just flood Flood the eyes of our inner man, our spirit, with light. That we can know the hope that you've called us to and what are the amazing benefits, the riches of your glory in Christ Jesus. So, Father, that we can walk worthy of you. I pray that not one of us would live a life below the price of Jesus' blood that, that he paid for us to live that we'll live in the fullness of your life and the fullness of your light. Father, that we'll live in the fullness of your blessing 
And, Father, that we will be carriers of your word full of glory, that we'll be uh, anointed uh, and operate in that anointing that you have anointed us with to share your word and to bring your word, that your word brings deliverance in the situation, that your word brings freedom in the situation. Father, that we'll know your word and you set us free, that we don't walk um, tied up, but we walk full of your freedom. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We thank you for healthy bodies, alert minds, and spirits that have been born again. In Jesus' name, amen.